All right, let's pray. Speak to us now, Lord, and uh, say to us those things which we need to hear for our instruction, our encouragement, our, our building up in Christ, both individually and together. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this is a sermon in four parts. We've been working through the Lord's Prayer quite slowly for the first section, but this sermon is going to take in the rest of it, which is the four petitions. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation or save us from the time of trials, we say it these days, and deliver us from evil. Hang on. Part one, give us today our bread for the coming day. What do we need from God? What should we ask him for if we pray for ourselves? The last four petitions of the Lord's Prayer are an answer to that question. They begin give, forgive, save and deliver. These four petitions, these requests, express our dependence upon God and our vulnerability as human beings. For we hunger and we must find bread. We sin and we must find forgiveness. We are weak and we must find mercy. And we are mortal and we must find deliverance from evil. The first of our four petitions is usually translated, give us today our daily bread. But the word translated daily is unique. It's found nowhere else in Greek literature of the time. And some scholars argue that the best way to understand it is to mean the coming day. So that we might render it, give us today our bread for the coming day. And if we accept this, we might see kind of two layers of meaning in this prayer. Firstly, we are asking God for actual food, for bread for the coming day, for physical sustenance. Not an excess, uh, but sustenance, given early enough that we need not be anxious about it. If we have our bread for the coming day, we need not worry. That's what we pray. But there's a second perhaps layer to the request, and that is that we ask God for the bread that will carry us into the coming day of God's kingdom. We ask, in other words, for the bread of heaven. And Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry. The Lord's Prayer is, first and foremost, teaching us to ask God to sustain our physical lives in this world. But we can see it as encompassing also the age to come, the coming day when Jesus comes. Because we need sustenance, God must be our shepherd. He must lead us to pasture, to food, to bread. He must be our provider. And Micah 5.4, the first of our readings, promises that God will be and provide such a shepherd. He will stand 
and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, and they will live securely, we read. Because God is our provider, his son teaches us to pray, give us today our bread for the coming day. And the one who teaches us this prayer is also the answer to it. Our shepherd in this world and our bread for the next world. Give us today our bread for the coming day. Part two. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. We hunger and must find bread. We sin and must find forgiveness. There are things that we owe to God and to one another. I don't know what you think those things are. What are they? Do we owe respect an acknowledgement of the dignity, the equality and the worth of our neighbours? An acknowledgement of the dignity, the goodness and the glory of God? Do we owe love? That we should love God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind and with all our strength and love our neighbours as ourselves. There are things we owe one another and we don't give what we owe. We get irritated and we become unkind. We tell stories at others' expense. We break promises because they're inconvenient for us to keep. We fail to care for others because we're thinking of ourselves. We do what we know is wrong and we can't seem to kick the habit. We find a place for God in our lives, but it's hardly at the centre. When guilt really takes hold of us, it is excruciating. It's unbearable. When you've done wrong and you know it, you've hurt someone and you know it, you risk exposure and disgrace, you accuse yourself, you feel your sin. That is unbearable. We badly want forgiveness. We want the burden of guilt lifted. We want the threat of alienation, of disgrace, of punishment to be set aside. The Lord's Prayer, when we pray, forgive us our sins, is a prayer of human solidarity. Because we don't pray, my Father in heaven, forgive me my sins. We pray, our Father in heaven, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. In the Lord's Prayer, we don't just seek forgiveness for ourselves. We ask forgiveness from God for one another. And we commit ourselves to forgive one another. As we pray, forgive us our sins, we ask on behalf of all those who sin, who sin and hardly know it. As Jesus prayed of those who were crucifying him, forgive them, Father, they don't know what they do. When we pray, forgive us our sins, we ask on behalf of all who sin and feel wretched and feel condemned and guilty beyond pardon. When we pray, forgive us our sins, we pray for those who sin against us. 
and we ask God to forgive them and to assist us in forgiving them also. God's Son, the Lord Jesus, he not only gives us this prayer to pray, but once again, he is himself the answer to this prayer. As the angel said to Joseph about Mary in our second reading, she will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, which means the Lord saves. You are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. He will be for us the forgiveness of sin. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Part three, lead us not into temptation. We hunger and must find bread. We sin and must find forgiveness. We are weak and we must find mercy. Uh, The new prayer book which we use to... uh, print our service sheets, has this new wording to this line of the Lord's Prayer, which says, save us from the time of trial, instead of the old, lead us not into temptation. And why this change, you may ask, and I don't know exactly, but perhaps feeling that having to ask God not to lead us into temptation, does that reflect badly on God? I mean, would God be inclined to lead us into temptation and we have to kind of ask him not to do that, please? And if he wouldn't be inclined to lead us into temptation, then why would we ask? Well, the fact that we ask these things of God, which we have seen, we ask him for our bread for the coming day, for the forgiveness of our sins, and we ask him to be spared temptation... That expresses both our dependence upon God for these things, our vulnerability. It also expresses God's freedom. That is, we acknowledge that God does not owe us our lives. He does not owe us our forgiveness. He does not owe us being spared testing and temptation. When we pray to God, we do not stand upon our rights and make a claim on his obligation to us when we pray. When we pray, give us and forgive us and lead us not into temptation, we recognise that God is free. We're not telling him what he must do. We're appealing to him to do what he can do. Now, recognising this freedom of God is called the fear of the Lord. To fear the Lord is to respect his freedom, his freedom from any claims upon him by us, his creatures. In the morning we had an extra reading. It was Mary's song. And let me just remind you that Mary's song proclaims at one point, God's mercy extends to those who fear him. From generation to generation. For God may be free and beyond our claims upon him, but that doesn't mean that God is indifferent to us. As Mary testifies, he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. 
And he has helped his people Israel, remembering to be merciful. To pray, lead us not into temptation, is to appeal to God's mercy, the mercy he has upon those who fear him. And once again, God's mercy comes to us in the form of Mary's child, Jesus Christ. He was born in the manger, as we remember at Christmas, but he grew up and was driven by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tested and tempted in our place. He grew up and as one of us, truly human, he resisted temptation and passed the test. He was successful in his time of trial. And as Hebrews 2, 18, our third reading says, he is able to help those who are being tempted. Lead us not into temptation. Part four. Deliver us from evil. We hunger and must find bread. We are guilty and must find forgiveness. We are weak and must find mercy. We are mortal and must be set free from the power of evil. For there are evils in the world. There are great and small. We cut ourselves. We feel pain. We bleed. We need stitches. We risk infection. Or we are deceived. Someone cons us out of money or an opportunity which they take for themselves, we are played or used or abused. Or death visits us. A loved one is taken. We have our own brush with death. And the threat of oblivion kind of haunts us. and We grow old eventually and death is just the next big thing that's going to happen to us. This situation is the mysterious work of the evil one. It's his disruption of God's intention in creation. God did not intend us to be subject to want and starvation. He did not intend us to be subject to guilt and disgrace or weakness and temptation or evil and death. And yet he has allowed and included all this in the story of his creation. This evil that we must be delivered from. And at Christmas we remember and celebrate the one who came to deliver us from evil. As Hebrews 2.14 puts it, Since the children, that is the brothers and sisters of Jesus, that is us, since the children have flesh and blood, that is since we are subject to hunger and temptation and mortality, since the children have flesh and blood, he too, Jesus, shared their humanity. He was born to Mary, laid in a manger. So that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is, the devil, the evil one, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. And so once again, the Christ who came at Christmas, is the answer to all that we pray in the Lord's Prayer. He is our bread for the coming day. He is the forgiveness 
of our sins. He is our help in temptation. He is our deliverance from evil. To pray the Lord's Prayer is to express our dependence upon God, our vulnerability. To pray the Lord's Prayer is to express our care for others, our solidarity. Give us. Forgive us. Lead us not and deliver us. To pray the Lord's Prayer is to look forward to the answer to all of these petitions that at Jesus' coming we will no longer be vulnerable. We will eat at the heavenly banquet and not be hungry. We will be cleansed from all sin. We will be beyond the reach of all temptation and we will be delivered from all evil. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, give us today our bread for the coming day. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen.